Guess who's back? Back again. Geek Monty's back. Tell a friend. Ah, uh, guess who's back? Back again. Geek Monty. Tell a friend. Ha. Hey guys, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been too long to count, actually. Yeah, I mean, we've been slightly busy, but we're still trying to get the content out. And I hope you guys have enjoyed our reaction videos and that we posted on the on all various sites that we're on. You know, try to keep the momentum going and keep our community going. So it's it's been a while. Uh, Dwayne's been... Uh, amazing this last few months and he's been helping me with some film projects that i've done you know which we'll tell you more about and i'm sure as the time approaches we will we will divulge <laughs> definitely you know and if you follow us on our individual instagrams and and social medias that you you've probably noticed it that i've posted a few things uh, so dwayne's been an absolute rock and helped me on this one but we're back and we're looking forward to talking about more geek stuff you know, um, I'm really excited. My word, there's been so much that's happened in the last few months, especially the last couple of weeks, especially when it comes to trailers, right? Absolutely. So we're going to talk about a couple of trailers. And the first one was the DC teaser, We Need Heroes trailer. Sizzle reel, you know, something yeah. of a sizzle reel for you guys. Sizzle it's, uh, you know, it's the upcoming film slate projects that are being introduced to. So, yeah. And... I mean, we got a first proper look at Black Adam after 20 years of of <laughs> development hell. I'm joking, it's not been 20 years, but... It's at least been 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. might have been, yeah. you know. Pretty much. Rock, lobbying and everything like that, absolutely, yeah. yeah and I, I must admit, I was excited. I'm not a massive Black Adam fan, to be honest with you, uh, I know the law. I know I read some of the stuff in the comics, especially with the Justice League and everything else. But what I was really excited, and through the Justice League that I read, it, the comics I read, um, it was Justice League International, to be correct, more precise, was Dr. Fate. I love that character. It's got so much mysteriousness to it. And Piers Brosnan, that, those tones are... Oh, those tones and you have atom smasher you got cyclone and Dwayne. you will love the the money shot hawk oh the man. money the, the money shot hook ah oh. hawk man hawk man with oh. the wings out i mean you know everyone everyone must have like their hairs came up a little bit on their hands and everything right little goosebump moment it was it was a beautiful moment and the frame looked beautiful just seeing these wings just sprawled out like that yeah yeah, that was the money shot indeed. <laughs> and, and and it was one of the things that looked great. I mean, reading or watching other interpretations of Hawkman from Smallville, from Legends of Tomorrow, it, it was just the epicness of that moment. I mean, I didn't expect it, to be honest. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing this film. I'm just curious, you know, now I'm really excited now with the cast and seeing it visually and the actor who plays it is alias hodge and yeah just just seeing him playing hawkman he's got a really sort of great kind of um what's the term you know presence on yeah. screen he also played jim brown in regina king's brilliant night in miami and he's just got such a presence on screen you know he's just got such a sort of charismatic 
presence. I, I really want to see that. I haven't seen that. I, it, especially with the one night in Miami is with yeah. Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, Cassius Clay. Beautiful know. film. I mean, all of those actors really helped bring those real life characters to to, to life and, and gave them their own little unique. And, you know, the actor who played Sam Cooke, especially done amazingly, as well as Malcolm X. I mean, you know, both actors, but you know, the, the whole ensemble w- were amazing. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, like I said, I mean, the, 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 the actual images of Black Adam and there's a bit more um, pathos to the character. It's not your typical villain. So basically Black Adam is usually a bad guy or anti-hero in the comics. I mean, he's hugely attached to the Shazam or back in the day, Captain Marvel. Um, mythology and lore they're usually quite rivals and they're all part of the um, if you've seen Shazam there is a shot of Shazam where you see all the different elements and aspects of uh, Shazam and all the Greek mythology and if you see all in the film you see all the different like the family of Shazam there is one seat at the layer and that lay, that seat was meant to be for Black Adam. So I don't know if there's going to be a crossover between Shazam and Black Adam. I would love to see that. It would, you know, stylistically, when you look at the little clip that they gave us and you, you look back at something like Shazam, you can kind of see them being in the same universe. You know, you can kind of see, see them being in the DCU and kind of, inhabiting the same space and perhaps having moments together when they've told obviously this black adam origin and story and everything first yeah i mean it's it's going to be intriguing and then including in this teaser trailer we saw was um aquaman yeah i mean it's just a couple shots of you know jason momoa looking quite hot and sexy as you're usual in the black <laughs> looking buff and in these different sort of um armored costume you know yeah like, like nothing nothing that we haven't seen before basically but, but <laughs> it was it was quite interesting it's quite interesting i think from what i have read is as always it's going to be a little bit darker this one because it's the second one it's going to the whole same the second act is going to be a bit darker than the first act and then the third act will be a bit lighter and more resolved kind of thing if it's they're going to do a trilogy kind of films uh film wise but it'll be very interesting to see i mean even that with with aquaman is they're going to carry on from what they had in the first film and i watched it recently and i watched it in the cinema and atlantis is just such a visually beautiful landscape Landscape or seascape? Well, I don't know what's the actual term. But <laughs> That's true. It could be yeah. seascape, actually. Yeah, seascape. Yeah. And, <laughs> and everything else. And, hey, you had Mary Poppins as the voice of the Kraken. You know, Julie Andrews. Julie like, Andrews. I mean, look at that. Crying out loud. But it'll be interesting to see how they progress. And, and how... As we go, we're talking about the Flash. How it's going to be connected to? I think, yeah, I think that's that's that's, that's exactly what what we have to also contend with. It's like I know everyone's thinking it, so I'm just going to say it right now. DC, you know, we, with the absence of Henry Cavill as Superman, and Superman's always going to be a big factor 
in amongst these heroes, right? Yeah. You kind of have this moment where you're thinking, well, how are they really all going to make this work? And and are they, are they going to get together at points? And are we just going to just avoid the, the elephant in the room? You know, Superman not being there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting the way they're going to tackle this. Exactly. And with the Flash, with um, Supergirl being in it, and um, the Flash, t- the, I mean, in this trailer, you, you, you didn't see anything really new regarding the Flash. There's a lot of stuff that's come out. There's a lot of leaked photos, which people may, may or may not have seen. Um, I'm really excited because he's going to have Michael Keaton back as Bruce Wayne Batman. That, that excites me because that was my Batman growing up. You know, um, really, truly the first Batman. I mean, I saw maybe a couple bits of the Adam West when I was younger and then properly when it was properly shown back in the day. But Michael Keaton was always my first Batman. And we talked about this extensively in our Batman podcast or Batman Deep Dive, where people were not um, happy with Michael Keaton's casting because they thought he was too short and Mr. Mom couldn't play Batman. You know, I'm intrigued to see what they do with this because there is an actual comic that is set after um, Batman Returns that they come at DC released a few months ago and they've been in its Batman 89, yes. Yes, Batman 89. Thank you, sir. And it is kind of t- with, with the image of Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent and how he becomes Two Face and. There is a, a, a Robin in it who is black. And I think if I recall, Marlon Waynes was rumoured in the third one to play Robin, which would have been great. You know, it would have been very interesting to see that. So I think they're carrying on with that story. But, yeah, we'll see how how this this Batman is and how it plays out in the multiverse. And I mean, the we, hints are is that in this flesh they're going to somehow do a reset point let's say so yeah. you know things yeah. are done but even then it'll be interesting to see how much of that is actually done and therefore how relevant will the aquaman jason momoa and you know the rock which i'm sure he's probably in for a couple of films at least oh yeah uh, with his black adam and so yeah that that's something that obviously will unfold as we keep doing our podcast definitely just a little uh, inside information uh, for those who might not know when these big we call them temple films now and you sign in contracts and usually uh, actors are signed like samuel jackson was signed for a 10 10 contract appearance film Right, not just starring, but appearing because they wanted his Nick Fury character to pop in in other Marvel and make it more interconnected. So a lot of these actors get signed on for multi-picture deals, and it's all like the the legality is all locked up. And I'm sure with with what the Warner Brothers are doing, everything has to be kind of legally locked. So a lot of things are going to be interconnected. There's so many moving parts, but they're all moving together. So it wouldn't surprise me a lot of these actors' contracts, and they're all secretive, are interconnected. And they it's going to be kind of flashpoint 
kind of thing. And then the Flashpoint in the comics kind of reset the DC universe, you know. And they've done that with the Arrowverse, the CW incarnation, and they've done an amazing job with that. And they did the whole Flashpoint with a Flash TV series that reset it, Arrowverse. Yeah, it's something of ex machina, you know, story device where, you know, conveniently you'll have something happen to reset or help, you know, the situation. So, <laughs> but hopefully they can do it in a in a really kind of, you know, quite smart way, I would hope. And it, within within this trailer, there was snippets of the, the Batman which Dwayne and myself are very excited to look forward to seeing. Oh, yeah, buddy. I mean... You better believe it. Yeah, and it's about three hours long, and I will probably take a toilet break at some point. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, you know, if you don't know, obviously some of you won't, but uh, uh, just here, you know, he's bl- he has a bladder of Thanks, a 80-year-old. But, you know, but, but, you know, the Batman and that we will save for another part of the, uh, you know, another episode because that in itself deserves like way more time. So exactly, exactly. Moving on. (laughs) Yes. So another trailer popped up the other day and that was Doctor Strange. Uh, 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 the, The Madness of the Multiverse. Now, if anyone's just uh, watched the Spider-Man last film, the the end no of way the, home. No Way Home, they they had another little teaser of that. So they've done an official one. Oh my goodness. Wow. And in terms of like, let's just pull it into a little time sense here. This trailer followed the DC sizzle reel, the Warner Brother DC sizzle reel, probably what a, a week later maybe yeah or even less days. probably it's probably less it was a few days so you know we we just had enough time to kind of settle and then this trailer drops and it's like hello yeah you know i mean i i'm gonna be honest i was, I was looking forward to it i thought yeah dr strange i really enjoyed the first one it was really funny um more funny than i realized you know and it was some great stuff and some of my favorite actors in it and yeah it's like and then if you watch WandaVision and all the others and how um, the Scarlet Witch is going to be involved in this one, it's like, okay, this should be good. And then um, I think Dwayne and I can reveal that a certain actor that has been in Marvel films before, but not in the MCU, his voice pops up. There's no official confirmation Correct, to Mundo. But it sounds very eerily um, Patrick Stewart of the X-Men, Professor X. Very, very much so, you know. Unless it's uh, James McAvoy doing a really good impersonation. (laughs) So this little midway point during the uh, trailer kind of set the internet alight, as you can imagine. And you got every sort of channel theorizing you know if it's him and the way in which in the frame the person sort of um moves into the frame and rolls in as as if that person is on some sort of wheel as in wheelchair device 
and then you get the voice and you know you've you will play it back and back again and yeah like Jess said unless <laughs> James McAvoy is doing a great impression unmistakably that 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 is that is Patrick Stewart <laughs> yep and the members on in the um on so basically you see Doctor Strange going up these set of stairs and into his room. Now, one thing I love about the the stairs going up, that's the British Museum. So anyone who's worked there or been there, I was like, I know that place. That's the British Museum. That's the central bit. That's great. They're filmed in the UK, and it was amazing. And being led up by the Sentinels of... Ultron. Ultron Sentinels, by yeah. the way. Yeah, that was really cool. It took me a while to be like, oh, that looks like Ultrons. And um, then you see these several figures. You don't see who they are. It's all shaded in mystery and stuff like that. I'm sure the actual film, you'll probably see a clearer image than they showed you on the trailer. And there's speculation. There's like, because it's the Illuminati, everyone, the, the Marvel Illuminati speculation. So they are real folks. Illuminati are real, except at, at least in the MCU, <laughs> potentially they're gonna be real. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna go down brown on you on this one. Um, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. not. <laughs> or and, Alex Jones. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically in in the Illuminati, there's Nemo, Nemon, Nemo. I think sorry, Nemo. That's it. Nemo, Black Panther. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, Tony, Tony Stark, Iron Man, and um, Tony Stark, Iron Man, and Professor X, as far as I'm aware that I can remember, and yeah, they they're like this powerhouse where they kind of meet secretly to decide certain things. Now, this is all speculation, but everyone's saying that looks like the Illuminati from the Marvel universe, and I'm not fully knowledgeable about it. But it's a strong indication, and if it's the multiverse, anything's like the bets are off, man. I mean, look, they included Mister Charlie Cox, who plays Daredevil in No Way Home, in that briefest of clips. Spoiler, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, chances are you probably have by the by this time. But if not, spoiler. And so you're you're already getting little inclusions. And, you know, variants and, you know, they can now really have fun with that. Exactly. I mean, like Hawkeye, there was a another spoiler, spoiler, spoiler um, give it a couple of seconds or go forward a couple of seconds. You had um, Kingpin and it's the, um, I can never pronounce the name, Vincent. It's basically the same actor from Daredevil as well in Hawkeye. So... Yeah, so they, they kind of bring in, and with Loki, they brought in the whole idea of variants and such like that. I'm going on record, hey, DC did it first. The Arrowverse did it first with its multiverses. So that's what I'm saying, you know. Um, <laughs> you know. That may be true, but uh, it seems MCU uh, seem to have a better plan in place. But let's let's leave that until later. <laughs> yes, we don't know if that's going to be true. Yeah, but yeah, with with the trailer and stuff like that of 
uh, Doctor Strange. Visually, it looks amazing. And they actually, some of you, I didn't spoil it at first, but they look like they're talking about the Savage Lands. But wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm going to have to stop you. Okay. One of the biggest components that had my attention, now you have my attention, was the the change in direction. Um, unfortunately, the previous director had to sort of come out. But, you know, the fact that they got Mr. Sam Raimi to come on board and direct this latest outing, that for me is enough to make me buy a ticket. So, you know, before we mention all the little snippets of the actual trailer and what's inside and all the Easter eggs, let's just pay you know, homage to the fact that Mr. Raimi is in the director's chair. All I'm going to say is groovy. Aha, right? <laughs> Maybe even uh, Bruce Campbell might make a, a small little snippet of a, of an appearance. That would be awesome. <laughs> I think I've, I heard rumors that he's in it. I don't know if it's true, but he, he's, he, he's bound to be something in it. I mean, if we go back to uh, potentially Spider-Man 4. Spider-Man, yep. He was meant to be playing uh, Mysterio. So, And he was in all of the others, just, you know, oh, yeah. some small cameo or, or, of some sort. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember now. Yeah, of course. You know, yes. the stopping the Peter Parker from entering the um, theater show when he was late. That was hilarious. That was that an was amazing brilliant. little cameo. So, so funny. So, funny. so uh, hopefully, you know. Bruce pops up and does something similar in in the um, new Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I it's hit my excitement level high now and my interest level high. Not that I wasn't interested, like I said before, but it was like, okay, cool, this looks interesting. Now this is like, whoa, whoa where are you going with this? Is this going to be a game changer? And without spoiling anything from No Way Home's consequences of No Way Home definitely has repercussions in this film. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm so excited by this. And to see it on the big screen will be amazing. And it's another, it's another long film, apparently. So, yeah, I might have to pop to the toilet. Toilet break. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, I, think that, I think a loo needs to be moved closer by. So Jess can hop, skip, and jump in there and jump out, and you know wouldn't ever miss much. But uh, yeah, yeah but, no, no, I'm I'm honestly, I'm gonna say it. I think they should bring back the organ player that pops up in the cinema at intermission. <laughs> yeah, you know, I seriously, I yeah. think they should, they should no. bring that back, man. You know, ice cream people in the on the sides, and that's it. You know, I'm showing my age now, but yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. So just toilet breaks aside. Um, we have also a trailer that recently popped up um, and something that's been in the works and something we know a lot of money has been spent on. At least 250 million of it has been spent on actually obtaining the rights. Amazon's new series based on the Lord of the Rings world in the Middle Earth, yeah. Power of the Rings. The, the teaser trailer look epic there there was some it set 1000 years before the sort of the fellowship of the rings so it's like the third age of man third age of um, middle earth so kind of like at the beginnings of that time i think lord of the rings is like the end of the third age if i recall my 
token history. Token lore, yeah. Yeah. So, but I think it was great. It looked amazing. It really, like, there's so much Peter Jackson-esqueness to it, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, he set the presidents, right? So his original trilogy kind of set things in play and, and it still stands a test of time, to be honest. Yeah. Brilliant, which brilliant is, work. Which is which, which they are 20 years old, which makes me feel like, wow. Makes exactly. me feel old. You it should know. make uh, a lot of people listening feel a little bit older, yeah. <laughs> you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, it looks great. Um, me and Dwayne are going to talk about this being a little bit of, unfortunately, in this fandom, um, this thing keeps popping up. They come up with the Star Wars, they came up with the, uh, the Star Trek, and now they've come for Lord of the Rings, where the the whole turn diverse casting comes in and certain characters is not... Whether they're whitewashed, whether yeah. they're blackwashed, whether they are just different colors to, you know, different races or, uh, to, to what is expected, you know, and then becomes this big talking point. And unfortunately, that's been the case with this little teaser that they've put out and the characters, uh, some of the actors that are going to be playing the characters. Yeah. Our, our mixed race are black actors. And he, even one of, our, one of UK's greatest comedians and icons and actors Lenny Henry is going to be in it playing one of the hobbits if I recall and yeah there's been a bit of uproar because of what Tolkien wrote and he based it on sort of like English mythology and stuff Anglo-Saxon Nordic yeah and therefore characteristically the race of people were uh, Caucasian and, and 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 stuff so yeah, people are, are saying it's not true to the time or it's not true to the to, true to, to, his, the, true to, to what the, perhaps Token wanted or envisioned. Yeah. But I to be honest, it doesn't bother me, really. I mean, they haven't changed Galadriel into um Elrond, younger younger Elrond still still the same. Um yeah, it's, you know, yeah. yes, there's a black yeah. elf, you know, which I guess that's really getting people going. <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's twenty twenty two, and I don't, I don't have a major issue over it. You know, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm just gonna, I'm like all these things. I'm just gonna watch it and then make up make up my mind, and like get sunk into its into its world, and I'm sure it's gonna be amazing. I mean, they filmed it in New Zealand, um, which you know looks it was just stunning. And it just to expand on the mythology and its law and everything else, so I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'm going to see and just take it, and and and, and then make my judgments and and see it for story and characterization and stuff like that. You know. You know. With all that being said, you know, are the characters and the plot. You know, are they going to be right? Are they going to be good? You know, obviously you're not going to mess with certain characters that we've seen on screen already. Yes. But those characters that everyone's having a, a, a issue with, you'll probably watch it and don't, and, and it will it'll be over your head in, in five minutes. If they're doing their job right, you won't even realize it. You know, it will just be like, I'm invested in the characters. I'm invested in the stories. And like Jay said, I'm invested into the expansion of the law and just real, you know, knowing what what this world is about. I mean, a thousand years before 
Lord of the Rings, that initial trilogy. That's a long time. So yeah, let's let's uh, let's give it a chance. You know, I I don't I know the arguments for inclusion and for and against in terms of just doing it for doing its sake, but this is not that. You've got elves who are uh, you know like a they're an imagination of race and people. So could there be diversity within that set of people? Likely, it's likely. Has, have we seen it? Not, not yet, but I'm willing to go with it. I, I can say it any better, Dwayne. Let's just, let's just sit back and probably all the controversy will be just faded and people will say, oh, this is really good. And like, and those voices will just be silent because the majority probably will be. Absolutely. Yeah, this is really quite cool, you know? So another, another trailer that dropped just literally the last couple of days was the, the man that fell to earth. I haven't seen the original, but the the actors in this uh, TV series are one of some of my favorite actors, and it looked it looked really interesting. Uh, Chuta Ejiofor is in it. Naomi Watts in it. Bill Niley's in it. So there's a, a lot of British talent there, and it was just yeah, it lo- looked very intrigued. I don't know anything of the original film or the story, so I'm gonna go kind of watch it kind of fresh and then just take it and see and see and just take it from there you have basically. to obviously pay homage to the great david bowie because he was in he was a central role in the original Starman floating to the sky yeah um good voice thank you uh david bowie yeah amazing he was he was great in the original and you know an alien who basically was in search of water to save his home planet right um now in this trailer maybe it's something of a spoiler but it's been theorized that bill niley niley's character is said to be david bowie who still sort of exists on the earth and so well when we're introduced to chiotel edgefor um he is essentially a either from the same race of, of alien alien uh, species, or he might be entirely someone different or something different. So that that's going to be interesting to kind of see what they do with that story-wise. I'm looking forward to it. I'm very, be very intrigued to see it. And like I said, um, kind of slightly personal connection with when it comes to Chiwetel Ejiofor and Bill Niley. Yeah, you guys go way, way back, don't you? <laughs> well, drinking buddies, I believe. It's weird. You, uh... it, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird one. When I used to work back in the theatre, when I used to work front of house, <laughs> and, and, and and guys, if um, if you know Jay, you would have heard this story probably about you know five times already. But you know, for you guys, it's the first time. So <laughs> continue, continue. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I used to work front of house in the West End, and there was a play called Blue Orange. And in the original cast was Chiwetel for Bill Niley, and Andrew Lincoln. And they used to go drinking with us front of house uh, staff, and just had a really good time. I got to know them, and they were really lovely. They were and, and like I don't watch it, but I'm I'm glad to see that Andrew Lincoln with the um, Oh Mr. Walking Dead series and. Yes, and yeah, Bill and I was always they were they were really lovely people, and they always had time for us, the front of house staff, and so I and Chiwetel for to me is one of the greatest actors, British actors we have, and sometimes 
he, he doesn't get the recognition that he should deservedly do, especially when I saw him in Serenity, and I was so proud of him seeing how he made it into such a big film, you know. And I'm and I know he's done a lot of directing, and he's done other TV projects, and yeah, just just really really good. I mean, you know, Twelve Years a Slave sort of pulled him on the map for sure. Um, it kind of cemented his his acting prowess, prowess, and uh, so that that was a, like a really big high point. But sometimes, you know, what I found is even after winning or being nominated for an Oscar, sometimes careers get a little um, stalled, stilted. Yeah, a little stilted. So it's just it's always a pleasure seeing him involved in good projects, and you know knowing what he brings to his his roles and he's in these characters just amazing yeah. so yeah like jay i'm super excited for this uh this iteration this virgin of, yeah and of it. sorry to go back to dr strange too it was good to see him in, in that as well because yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah, yeah. so you know He's having a little uh, festive yeah. at the moment, you know, when... Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? exactly. You know, but, um, you know, when it's like they go they go missing for a while and then they end everywhere. up... Exactly, exactly. Now, this this next trailer, I'm going leave to it, leave it to my dear friend, Dwayne, because it'll be more in his ballpark. As much as I love uh, the, this director and what he's done, I think this trailer is more for Dwayne's... Uh, <laughs> Enjoyment. <laughs> nope. I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Had to give you the pun. Um, Jordan Peele's next film, guys. Nope. It's so interesting the way he chooses his titles. I, I have to admit, that's that's really interesting. But yeah, the trailer dropped. And yeah, Jay may not be a horror genre kind of person. but And this to me, I think everyone, anyone who's seen it can know that it's sort of, it has horror elements but really it's an invasion story it's a it's his take on an alien invasion story and let me just say it looks gorgeous right i think it was shot by holter the cinematographer who shot tenet and interstellar so he's worked he's now worked with uh, jordan peele and everything about it looks really intriguing and the trailer just gave enough without giving too much which these days can be a rare thing you know when they give everything away but this trailer just gave you just enough and i'm in i like him doing an alien invasions kind of story yeah sign me up right kiki palmer's in it um daniel akule kula just off of his uh the black messiah recognition and again working back with jordan pill after get out that that amazing great little um entry into the horror kind of or of films it's looking really cool i'm looking forward to it and anyone who has taste like that i think definitely pay attention because atmospherically and and what he's doing and the little hints i enjoyed his last film us but i think i enjoyed get out just a lot more um so with this film I think there's just going to be elements of the two, and 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 looking at it like maybe it's something of a trilogy of thematic storytelling in a way or ideas. So you know that that may be interesting to see. But I'm in, totally in, pumped for it. Jordan Peele, thank you. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just looking at the the poster, and 
when you say like alien invasion or alien, if you look at the poster and you see how it looks like, there's an aspect of um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yes, yes, perfect, perfect head nod. Absolutely. I mean, Jordan Peele's known to really enjoy a bunch of seminal sort of horror films, Shining, I think, being one of his most favorite. So, yeah, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which, you know, will be a great segue soon enough in this episode. But, of course, it has, it, it probably shares some of the DNA of that because that was an amazing film, you know, one of Spielberg's best. So, yeah, I, I can imagine him having definite kind of like traces of that in there as well. I'm 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 very intrigued. It looked really cool, and like I said, I'm not I'm not um, um I like some horror. You know, I I like some aspects of horror. Like um, Get Out was uh, amazing, and and horror as a genre uses itself as a metaphor for so many different things. Absolutely, it's very it's a very smart genre. It's very very clever. You know, um, like I said before, sci-fi, fantasy, right? Sci-fi, horror. horror. These are genres that can inherently really be vessels for sort of social commentary. And done well, you really get a, a chance to really do that and kind of slip it underneath this genre fun of the actual plot and events that are happening. So that's always a good thing. To go back to me being an actor and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's uh, subtext. And text, exactly. Subtext, yes, subtext. Yes, darling, subtext. Yes, yes, yes. You know, uh, as, as we learnt in, in drama. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, subtext, especially in horror films. And yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it and I'll, I'll, I'll be very intrigued and see there's more trailers come out. Great cast. And and I, I, I like forgot to bit. mention also Stephen Yun. He's also included, which he's coming off the back of being in The Walking Dead, but since then being in some um, like really great little independent films, just really showing that he's way more than the Glenn character he was, um, and his acting chops. So yeah, great cast. Yeah, definitely, and I'm looking forward to it. On our, on our next subject, well, we're going bowling where no one has gone before, or maybe <laughs> it was announced that uh, about a couple of weeks ago by Paramount that another Star Trek film was going to be made in the Kelvin universe. So that would be Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, uh, Carl Urban, and Zoe Santana. They're all going to be in it. And... I was excited. I love Star Trek. I love all the Discovery, Picard, um, Lower Decks, um, and I'm very intrigued by the uh, Strange New Worlds that's coming out soon. So, And I, I really enjoyed the films, the new films. It's set in the Kelvin universe. Um, the first one, it, it kind of was like this big, brash, bold new take on, on Star Trek and change a lot of the Star Trek lore and trying to make it things fresh. Uh, Into Darkness, I'm always on the fence because I enjoy it, but I can understand why people didn't like it. There's a lot of aspects of certain things. Khan <laughs> being one of them. Because, um, like, no, we didn't see it. we didn't see that one coming. Um, 
And my favorite of the the films is Star Trek Beyond because they 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 brought the whole McCoy and Spock relationship, which they uh, they kind of ignore. They always focus on Kirk and Spock. It's all three of them. They all have a friendship. Even that, even Spock and Kirk bicker like like rivals. They do. They are fond of each other, and there is a friendship there. Friendship that even that. Um, in the original films that Spock gave his Katra, his Chi, his energy, his life force to McCoy to, so he could survive what was happening and, and return in the search of Spock film. So this is all great. This is great. And they're, they're going to be filming at the end of the year and they're coming out in 2023, they were saying. And everything, even though the script's not been done yet, it's all great. Just to make a note on the script, it was... It was said at some point that, um, <laughs> and this would have been really interesting, but Quentin Tarantino had a deep interest because he's something of a Trekkie and, and kind of enjoyed the the new string of films. But um, yeah, he had this idea to create the next adventure. I think almost there was a, almost a moment where they were taking him seriously and he was going to hand in the draft and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if that ever happened or is is gonna happen it probably won't now but um that would have been really kind of i'll be that would have been interesting interesting. (laughs) that would have been interesting and um yeah so everything was announced what was surprising was that the cars didn't know about this oh man oh man oh man oh man not only did they not know that there's a new film being made they didn't realize they were going to be in it because they yeah so the early stage negotiations was with Chris Pine. None of the rest of, of the cast had negotiations. So it was a bit of a surprise to a lot of the the Kelvin Universe Star Trek cast. So we'll see what happens, basically. I'm, I was really excited about this. Because, of course, Urbine, Urban is... Uh, currently the on boys. Amazon's The Boys, you know, and and playing a absolute corker of a role, so they have to obviously get his timing right. So, you know, if they they're just looking like, wait, what, what, this is happening, and you guys didn't didn't tell us right now. I mean, usually the, the acts, like we said about contracts and stuff like that, a lot of them are multi pitcher deal, and I think they had they were in a free pitcher deal. But um, I was watching some other stuff recently, and. This this happened before in another big science horror franchise, Aliens. Sigourney Weaver, they were making Aliens and they announced it and they were excited and Sigourney Weaver was going to be in it. They didn't tell Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> and she was like, what? They're making, and yeah, Sigourney Weaver's going to come back. And it's like, and she did, she kept her mouth dumb until like pretty much before filming and then they made a negotiation. In the original film, she got 30000 to play Ripley in Alien. In Aliens, she negotiated to get $1 million. Oh, man. And back in those days, that was a heck of a lot of money. And for a female actress, that was massive. Good luck to the cast. I hope your negotiations are well paid. <laughs> I mean, you know, the lawyers are the ones that walk away with quite a lot of that, but let's hope their lawyers are and the negotiations are well played and it's a sort of win-win as a win as a, as opposed to a win-win-lose. 
because we as fans definitely want to see another adventure with you guys. So yeah, definitely, it was it was a great incarnation, and I think one 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 of the saddest things. Rest is, in peace, Anton. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and I think a lot of it could be could have been a bit too soon. His circumstances of his death is so tragic, and I think a lot of the cast was probably grieving and it just might have been too soon for them so give them a few years so now maybe after a few years they can do it it's a great point yeah rest in peace but hopefully they can bring star trek back in the big screen yeah so that concludes our news all of those great trailers a lot of things to look forward to for this section we want to talk about a great individual someone who has influenced across the genres but primarily he's influenced sci-fi genres fantasy genres i mean the gauntlet i think horror right the gauntlet he also stands as the second most nominated academy nominated individual after ironically walt disney who also just recently turned 90 years old happy birthday mr john williams yes John Williams, we're doing a little little tribute to and saying happy birthday to this. Like his his music is uh, of our childhoods. This gentleman worked on pre Jaws. He was in the Poseidon Adventures and Earthquake, those great disaster films from the seventies. He worked with Steven Spielberg on his first feature, The Sugarland Express, and then dun 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 dun. Just chords that instantly become recognizable. You can style it off and everyone will get involved because they understand. I mean, that is a, a particular genius and skill to just simplify and embody the actual tune or the actual sort of theme of something in a few chords and a few. It's amazing. And it still scares me when I see the film. Oh, like I've seen the, the film a million times, and a classic with that music when it comes out. Like I, I remember when I was a child watching the film with my dad, and that the music and st- stuff like that. It's like running behind the sofa kind of moments. Oh, and, absolutely. Um, I mean, what can I say about Mr. Williams? Uh, he, the biggest thing for me, and as listeners will know, is Star Wars. You know, and all all that the the fanfare, you know, all all the the music he made he made Star Wars for the way it is. I mean, like the story is like George Lucas was wanting a composer, Steven Spielberg just said, "Well, I just worked with John uh, John Williams on Jaws. Maybe that could be it." And the rest is history, pretty much. I mean, like John Williams' collaborations between Spielberg and Lucas is legendary legendary he is essentially the daddy you know the daddy of composers film composers and and to some extent composing just music in general yeah and i mean he's his origins is jazz music which you can hear a lot in the cantina scene if you listen to the actual sound track to that it's very very jazz style Uh, even with the uh in return of the jedi with the jabba's palace it's very jazzy you know, yeah. Um, I actually won't say what it's called in Star Wars because it's a very rude word in UK slang. So I won't say what it's called. 
but it's, it's it sounds like jazz, but just put with an eye in it, so <laughs> you get the uh, gist. Um, so yeah, I mean, Star Wars we can talk about, but also Superman. I mean, you know, iconic, right? Iconic. We're not going to bother do the theme to everything because <laughs> that that would just be too time consuming. But you you yeah. you guys know Superman. You've got like I was mentioning earlier, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Brilliant score to that yeah you got a massive score in et extraterrestrial oh, i mean gosh yeah uh just just i mean uh, yeah i mean et and i'll, I'll admit the first time I, you know i didn't cry the second time i cried so you're like light is going <laughs> light is oh no you you have to you have yeah. to it moves yeah. you it moves you and I, you know i was like 25 at the time <laughs> but um you know <laughs> and it was yeah, I mean, like Indiana Jones, uh, just it rousing, and um, you got Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park was just beautiful. There's so many, and for a, a younger generation, is the Harry Potter's. Now you, you you can't like his music for the Harry Potter films. Is like he's managed to influence and move like three generations with his music and. Um, going back to Star Wars, he's he was announced that he's doing the theme music for Obi Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series. Almost like a full circle. I mean, yeah, almost. Yeah, the gentleman is ninety years old and he's still going. And yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's the the, the different scores we can talk about. He his influence in music is brilliant. It's, it's worked with Spielberg. Those who are probably more musically inclined, especially when it comes to composing, can talk about how complex and how sort of layered they are. And, or in some cases, pulling it back and simplifying it, you know, down to its essentials. And for the most part, his music's just been iconic, just stuck in everyone's minds. It's just crazy. I mean, like the, for our generation, it's is is his music's just always been there, and he he has made such a impact in in our lives in 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 his the music. I mean, look, there's another one that people might forget. He did Home Alone. Yeah, both he, both films. Yeah, and you know he did Hook. These like War Horse. There's, I mean, there's so many little things that you forget he done. He's worked on, um, and like I said, working with Spielberg and and uh, George Lucas. Five of Spielberg's films, yeah, thus far, and it's beautiful. Like you could just listen to it and and know the amplifies what you see on screen, which a music score should do. You know, I mean, uh, George Lucas says that his films are really silent movies. You should be able to tell what's happened without the dialogue in a classic sense, if you took out all the dialogue, right, and you just listen to the score and the music, the emotion you feel, especially with the um, the original trilogies and, and, and stuff like that, you can feel that sense. That that's talent there. That's that's a that's of like that's intuition and and just knowing where to hit the right note and everything else, you know? And if you go through I mean a, a, a younger generation with the Harry Potters and how they, the music will affect them. I love the Harry Potter books and I love the films. Um, I'm not into it as deep as, say, from Star Wars and everything else. 
but I just want to make like make note because that generation will love that his music as well. But yeah, it's it's just like his work, and like I said, for him to be ninety years old and he's still doing Star Wars, he's still doing other stuff, and he's kind of sort of semi-retired. It's just wonderful. It's just wonderful. And you know, here at Geek Monty, just a really nice thing to give flowers. You know, wow. A person is 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 around so you know we absolutely salute the greatness and the man that is mr john williams and uh happy belated sir happy belated happy belated birthday may the force be with you always always and we look forward to what you do with kenobi the uh series that that'll be interesting that'll be very very interesting so one one of our things is uh recommendations of the week and Dwayne has one yeah so because it's been such a busy and great week for for film and for movies and comic book movies and stuff we've both had opportunities to watch stuff and i think my recommendation will go to a netflix show called arcane league of legends and it was an animated show that sort of came onto my radar, you know, as a suggestion as Netflix do. But it really looked intriguing in terms of the animation style and what they use. And, you know, after finishing nine episodes of it, I can confirm that it's, it's a wonderful little show. Some things that these shows don't get enough uh, recognition for, especially animated variety, is like the actual look of the show and the actual direction of the show and and the in some sense the cinematography of the show a lot of times that's something that isn't really kind of talked about but i will say this show looks gorgeous and the the, the cinematography was is beautiful and i know it's animated but all of those things still need to be planned out ahead and the framing and everything like that and the, the set pieces they were all planned out, but there's a lot of thought that goes behind it. So there's some great moments. Story-wise, it's uh, central to two sisters, Vi and Powder, or Jinx, if you want to call her that, you know, later in the episodes. Um, and it's based on a game, game, some multiplayer game. Now, I'm unfamiliar with the game, really quite completely unfamiliar. But what they managed to do if the game was in, as involved as the series, then it must be a good game. But the series and the writing was just really nicely done and executed. So for me, if you have a moment, you've got nine episodes, just to see something that's done animated-wise, that's done with a lot of passion behind it. And also the music by Imaginary Dragons for the um opening is actually a really good track also and a great there's there's some great musical moments in in the show as well so done on a level that is really high i would say that's a great kind of like little viewing to have so if you've got a moment yeah check it out guys thank you Dwayne. thank you very much for that um i will i would check it out as well when i get a chance i will do you might get a chance to see this as it appears that uh it might be coming on disney plus um i've been watching uh, on netflix punisher because it's always been on my kind of like to watch list and i'm for sadly unfortunately but i can i can see why they're doing it or the Marvel Netflix is leaving Netflix. As we discussed before, certain characters have stepped into the MCU. 
and Disney is uh, Disney Plus Canada, Canadian one. It seems to be having all those transferred to them. So hopefully it'll be transferred to other markets as well. But I, I, I really enjoyed the first season. I'm just halfway through the second season. It's a character study of somebody, a soldier dealing with PD. PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. And the effects on war has on people and trauma and everything and how he's dealing with it. Punisher, to me, has not been one of the characters that I've really read much of. I've read him in when, when he's like crossed over different characters. I mean, he was, the character's brilliant in the Daredevil series. But it's really interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah. Yeah, great shows. Yeah, great fun. shows. Absolutely. Dwayne and myself would like to thank our community, uh, uh, those who follow us on social media and participating in a poll we did. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for getting involved. You know, we, we opened a questionnaire to you guys and you responded in kind. Because The Flash and Dot Strange 2 deals with multiverses, which one are you more excited to see? Now, I put The Flash, Doctor Strange, or both. And on Twitter and on Facebook, the biggest one was Doctor Strange. Everyone was more excited for Doctor Strange. Others was The Flash. There was a couple of people like The Flash. One or two was both. Myself, personally, is both, because I'm excited by both things. I'm more of a DC fan, so I'm looking forward to seeing, like I said earlier, Michael Keaton back as Batman. But it was really great that everyone wanted to take part and just, you know, answer their question. Yeah. And so thank you very much, guys. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you for being around. Thank you for checking in. We're still here. We're still doing things. And we're going to be putting out some more episodes on a better normal schedule soon enough. So thank you for being around. Yeah, thanks, guys. I re- we really appreciate you. We really appreciate your interactions on our social medias, and we try to like interact with you guys. And I try and put, post as much variety of um, geek news out there. So, and we've got some really great up and coming episodes this year planned. So, I'm really excited. I'm really excited that you're going to get a chance to listen to it and just enjoy so just keep safe as always keep geeking on and have a great time you can find us in on our home at anchor.fm the geek monty we're on twitter at the underscore geek monty we're on facebook as a facebook group so that's group slash the geek monty and you can find us on instagram as the geek monty yeah See you soon, guys, and have a great, geek-tastic, amazing day.